Hey, welcome to Waiting for Review, a show about the majestic indie developer lifestyle. Join our scintillating hosts, Dave and Daniel, and let's hear about a tiny slice of their thrilling lives. Join us while waiting for review. Hey, Dave, how's it going? Not too bad, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm really happy to see you again because we haven't spoken for a while and it's just an absolute pleasure to hear you again and actually see see you again because we have the cameras on. We do I'm have the cameras on. I'm tired AF, but eh, <laughs> <laughs> that's just winter for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's just, just the morning for me. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's most mornings. But yeah, coffee. Coffee has been brewed on this side of the world. Um, Fantastic. Um, yeah, usually when we talk, you have your bathrobe on, and yeah. and that is just a morning thing. And I've actually I've started doing that too. Like I do have an old bathrobe, mm-hmm. and it's very warm and cuddly. And the other day I was like, "Huh, does this actually is this actually a good idea?" And I've started like just putting on my bathrobe in the morning. Yep, and it makes me look like an old man because it's not as cool as yours. But it is really, really, really comfortable. It is. And I can get my coffee before like having a shower and then like putting on fresh clothes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll do I'll do that part of my day after our call. Um but I am I'm I am wearing clothes underneath the bathrobe, don't worry, Daniel. We're not in uh, any Aww. sort of awkward well I'm sorry, mate. That's uh Oh um Yeah, no this this um so I don't say bathrobe, I say dressing gown, but same difference. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's for benefit of people who will not see me in my dressing gown on this call, um, because it's audio by the time you hear it, of course. <laughs> I just took um, a screenshot. Oh, you get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but for the benefit of you listeners, yeah, it's it's got this big gray sort of fluffy bit around the the neck and one of the reasons i like this dressing gown is because my cat likes this dressing gown she she'll sit up um on the fluffy part of the 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 dressing gown and um yeah i think she she thinks i'm turning more into another cat or something it does look very very soft and cuddly yeah not like me though (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's the other thing i've buzzed i buzz my hair down to like a yeah. number two cut all over so i'm you're more aerodynamic now yeah yeah true true um and certainly fuzzy rather than fluffy but Fair. anyway rather than spending the whole call describing what we look like mr daniel bluebeard um let's talk about what we've been up to how have things been going with telemetry deck Pretty good. I mean, haha, <laughs> I did have a major crisis last week, um, which is not so good. And I'm gonna, I can, I can totally tell you about this. But mm-hmm. first, uh, one thing that was really nice was, uh, Dave, I've been cheating on you. <gasps> I appeared on another podcast, um, which is launched by Charlie Chapman. Oh, who brilliant. Was, uh, really kind to invite us, uh, both yeah. me and Lisa onto his show. Um, and he is a fantastic interviewer. It was really pleasant to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we had a blast. It just came out. Episode 69 should be the newest episode. If nice. you go to the launch podcast, I will um, link that in the show notes so, when this goes yeah, that out. That was really nice. Um, yeah. 
he's a he was a genuine fan like he was like genuinely oh. like oh you know i i use telemetry like so much and yep <laughs> that was just like really nice to hear that was just like uh-huh uh-huh, uh-huh. and then i was uh-huh. like oh yeah and i like i use dark noise a lot his his app for creating yep. white noise basically and um yeah it was full of love oh that's lovely so that was yeah. really nice we use dark noise actually um yeah my my eldest son uses it sometimes literally to just sort of reset and um and have some quiet time that's uh yeah definitely a very good app and yeah charlie's a, a brilliant interviewer as well so i'm not too unhappy you cheated on me podcast wise um i think that's uh you know if you're gonna gonna go to another podcast daniel that's uh, a brilliant one very Fantastic. very good oh that's really nice to hear yeah um yeah other than that like uh if you follow me on mastodon or anywhere anywhere else or if you use telemetry deck you know part of the story already because you kind of lived through it um but yeah so um i always want to uh, improve the performance of the telemetry deck calculation servers yeah so um like i had a call with lisa and we were like okay let's let's just tackle this one next like just start the process with the performance stuff because a lot of the like a lot of these tweaks you you do the tweak but then you can only see whether it has any effect like a few days later when like enough people have ran their calculations and and so i can see like i have a, I have a chart that basically is like the median calculation time for each and every query that goes through telemetry deck and um so i kind of have to like if i tweak something i kind of have to wait for the chart to move yep um and so uh, I tried out various things and um, I tried out too much. I flew too closely to the sun. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> changed, um, I want to say, I changed configuration of the, 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 the database processes, the processes that we use. And for the signal data, we use uh, Apache Druid, which is a time series database. And it's written in Java, which is horrible. Because of, oh, you always have to tell the thing how much RAM it's it's allowed to use instead of just like using the RAM that is being provided by the by the operating system, and then um like and of course if you're doing then like two processes like if you at one point tell it you can use seven gigabits of RAM or whatever, and then uh, somewhere else you tell it oh you can use four tasks of two gigabytes of ram each and then that is there's a discrepancy and that will cause crashes and stuff like that and i tried out various um tweaks at once and what happened was a very long process that would touch all the all of the data and and kind of like defragment it in different ways um started running and then ran out of memory and crashed after i don't know two three days of running and um yeah that <laughs> that was not good because it kind of took with it our historicals which are the servers that actually do the calculation c- calculations so yeah. like you would just not see anything and then so I restarted them and so calculation would run again but would throw errors every now and then so I I was like okay this is very stressful <laughs> because yep. like so many people like wrote to me uh, of course they would they like they try to be helpful they were like hey did you know that um actually there's like errors if you try to run calculations or actually my charts have a huge big hole in the middle i'm sorry I'm like, one of those yes, was me i know but <laughs> i <laughs> and you want to you want to answer in a very friendly way because um 
the service that you're providing is down. So it's annoying for these people. And they took the time to very, very helpfully and very friendly message you about it. Um, but at the same time, it was like super stressful just to be like <laughs> working on the thing and be like, uh-huh. Um, yeah. Now I have tried, like, because also like rebuilding all of these things, they also take a lot of time because it's just like terabytes of data that needs to be shuffled around and whatever. And so it took me no less than about a week to really get the thing running again. Ouch. Um, and um, like, like I tried various other tweaks because it was like I was like, okay, this thing is down anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna like just throw in the other things that I wanted to try out as well. In, for example, um, the Kubernetes that we use now has a larger node size with like lots and lots of RAM and dedicated um, SSD chips, so that hey. uh, like this guy was faster and stuff like that. Um, and then at the end, I got it working, except there was a thorn in the data set and a thorn in the data set that means that um there's a, there's a specific time period and if your query does not touch that time period everything is fine it will just like answer your query no problem but yeah. if your query in uh, touches anywhere september 1 through september 15 2023 then it will then it will cr crash the query and um yeah <laughs> <laughs> And it turns out that there was a um yeah there was just a like a broken a broken data set and so I was like okay uh, the only thing I can actually modify the data in in Apache Druid is by dropping it and then re-ingesting it like you, there's mm -hmm. no editing the data yeah. um so I would issue a drop command for the whole month of, of September and be like okay just so September is gone now and the thorn was still there. And it said, oh, still like such and such many segments to drop. And it just wouldn't do anything. I waited for a day or so and it was just wouldn't delete the file. So I was like, okay, obviously um, there's like some really, really broken file file in there. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to um, change the configuration so that all the data is on all the historicals so I can then completely delete them and rebuild them one by one. So I did that, waited for everything to to, to propagate which took of course another day or so <laughs> and then okay um now i'm gonna kill historicals group c which is there's a third of all the historical servers and they're just gone and then rebuild them so they re so they restart they have no data so they're gonna pull all their data back from the from, from the central server which we call mm -hmm. lukewarm storage because <laughs> there's hot storage cold storage and so this one is lukewarm yep um and then uh and then um then i kind of kill, kill group b and then wait for them to rebuild which takes six to 12 hours to, for, okay. for the data to be transferred and then same with group a and then like the queries were working again and that was really really nice so mm -hmm. um so september was still not there because like i hadn't hadn't re-ingested it yet so it was a whole for the whole whole of september but all the queries were working so we're like oh okay whoo luckily <laughs> So yeah. and also September is good because by default telemetry deck will show you the current month and the month before, and so the t September will would usually not be visible on this uh, for most customers. So yeah. I was I was kind of relaxed by that by that point. Like yeah. nothing was crashing. All the um, there was a bit of data missing, but it was very obvious that it was um, kind of half and kind of more or less intentional. And mm -hmm. I knew that I had all the data and various backups, both in lukewarm storage and in 
cold storage. Okay. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to re-ingest the data. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna re-ingest the data from the most the purest data source, which is cold storage, which when you send a signal to telemetry deck, it goes uh, into the ingestion server and that will store it in two places it will throw it into a kafka queue which is just a mes message queue and that will end up in the directly in the data set but it will also throw it into a blob storage for mm -hmm. microsoft azure which is where we're hosting and that is just the that is basically cold storage and those are um append blocks so um, they're basically files that you can modify so you can just like write a new line to the same file mm -hmm. um And then I create a new file for every hour of the day, basically. Um, but it turns out, <laughs> of course, uh, uh, you cannot copy or move these files to uh, Apache Druid. If they are append blocks, they need to be converted to file blobs. Okay. So like, okay. How do I do that? Uh, can I just like tick a check mark or whatever? Because those are not going to be written to anymore because they're like months old. Yes. Uh, it turns out, no, you have to copy them. Uh, it is gigabytes of data, uh, <laughs> and I, and like they were uh, so like the the help desk uh, software or the the help articles were like okay you can just you can just like, use this very nice desktop program to download all the files and then re-upload them. So I actually tried that, and after <laughs> six hours, it was like one percent complete. And this was download. I have asynchronous DSL, so my download is way faster than my upload. <laughs> So I was like, okay, this is not gonna gonna work. Um, yeah. So instead, I opened a console directly on in the cloud. So on on Microsoft Azure, you can basically open up. Uh, you can go to their, I don't know what's it, what it's called, their portal. Yeah. And then directly open up a terminal there, which kind of runs vaguely in the cloud, but it has access to all of all of your stuff. You're basically logged in more more or less everywhere, and. Yep. You can run your command there. And so that that's what I did. It was way faster. <laughs> Re-ingested the thing. And then now it had um, September back. Oh, yeah, I ingested it in, in two parts. I was like September 1, 1 through 10. And then, yeah. that, then after a day or two, that was done. And I was like, okay, now do 20 through 30. And then September 10 was gone. And I was like, Wow, what is that? There's a whole of September 10 now. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna just like select September 10 and just push it back in there. And then right. September 8 was gone. And I'm like, oh, come on, what? Is what? <laughs> so I do the same thing, and then September 7 was gone. Oh no. <laughs> um I have now pushed that. Uh, so I, I basically deleted that segment again, re-ingested it uh, as one month, so now it's all there, but now August 31 is gone. <laughs> What on earth is going on at this stage? I don't know. Uh, so I've actually written a support email to the company that mostly develops Apache Druid. Um, let's see how yeah. that answer. I can't tell you that. Um, oh, wow. But yeah. So how have you resolved this? So we've still got I a haven't. I'm there. still waiting for the answer. That is like That yeah. is as far as the saga goes so far. Oh no! Okay, I was wondering if if maybe you were going to sort of say you found the thorn itself. No, the thorn is, it is, is gone. Like the thorn is um, by rebuilding all the servers, I successfully managed to remove the thorn. Okay. So this is a problem with um, ingesting data, and I'm very sure this is a time zone thing or a like slight overlap in how I 
um, specify time ranges. You know yep. what I mean? Like yep. maybe uh, so time ranges to dates. So maybe they're inclusive or exclusive, or their whole days, or they're just or the minutes are included, or something like that. Um, it's just that every time I try something like that, I have to wait a few hours um, until the process is finished, and then I can see the results. So this is just ongoing. Oof. If you want data from August 31, I'm really sorry. Um, you will get it soon. Oh, well, um, I think you're right. Like, you know, the previous month is going to be one of most people are sort of seeing a lot of. I do a lot of that sort of view of my my data. Although, as you know, I also look through the whole year sometimes mm -hmm. just to sort of see how stuff's going. So I saw that I was one of the people sending you the charts with the gap in. Um, Thank you for that. Sorry for the stress. No, uh, no, don't be. Like, uh, um, like if everything, anything is going wrong, it's like really nice to write me an email or a message or whatever. It was just the, the sheer volume in that case. Yeah, yeah, I get that, and um, I've experienced a bit of that in the past as well. With um, yeah, with and the also BJ what I can I change, what Sorry. I can do in the future to not to not get that volume is I can just directly post it on all my socials, and also we have a possibility of push, pushing out messages to the UI. Mm -hmm. uh, for telemetry deck so if I just do that next time then people will know that I know and won't won't uh, yeah won't need feel yeah. the need to message me so I've resolved to do that more often now so you need a kind of general service status kind of situation where you update the something with the running status and it just pushes to to everywhere yeah I mean I have um, I have like infrastructure for that in place. Actually, if you go to status.telemetrydeck.com, mm -hmm. that is where status messages usually are, and you can see the uptime and stuff like that. Um, so that's kind of helpful. Um, but also the um, the user interface, both both the iPhone app, which is unsupported, and the web app, which is very much supported, will ask a specific API endpoint, and so that can return return like a list of messages to to display. Yeah, that's. that's yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is to to counter that overload of of contacts, if you like, is to just like you say, put the message out everywhere, yeah, through every means possible. Yeah. Uh, but it's hard to know when you want to do that because exactly because I was in this weird. Um, it was late at night, and mm -hmm. it was like, okay, maybe this this rebuild will fix everything. Maybe in like ten minutes, it will just go like this. Will have this will be done and it will mm -hmm. just be fixed so why like not publicized now that like there was an oopsie yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah and, um, and the trouble is is it sounds like you were 10 minutes away for a long time and that's yeah, where for, it gets for a week tricky. basically yeah and yeah. i did post on on um social media every now and then but i didn't use the i didn't use the the broadcasting and so in mm -hmm. retrospect i should have done that just because, like, if something's not working perfectly, like people should just know. And so, in that, yeah. um, to that end, I also um, kind of posted a blog post the other day. Or just or I wrote it yesterday, but I posted it today. Um, just telling people, like, hey, this has happened, and uh, this is the reason, and this is how it, how it looks like, and stuff. And it even has this nice graph where you can see that um, the, <laughs> the the mean the mean query um the performance is actually or the mean query length like the length of time it takes to actually calculate a query has actually gone down with the various <laughs> with the various changes that i did yep 
Yep. So you've got some good news off the end of it in that yeah. sense. Uh, it's, uh, I don't envy you at that point at all, dealing with that sort of um, pressure, I guess, that that you'd have been feeling in the middle of it. Um, but it's certainly good that you've, you've got it to this stage, and I think, you know, you'll find out. You'll find out um, where August 31 has gone. Yeah. I will find that date. Yeah. And then... And then all will be good. And yeah, and just if like we just need like a few more like big customers for telemetry deck, and then I will just be able to afford a second, a second um, like Kubernetes cluster where I can try out these things without having to try it out on live. Fair, fair, and uh, you know that's part of the life at this stage, right? You're a, uh, I want to avoid saying the word startup because it doesn't feel like you're running it in sort of stereotypical startup fashion. You're something more indie than that in yeah. my mind. Um, but um, yeah, you're still still in this starting things up phase for some things in a sense in terms of like the broader infrastructure you might have, like you say, with with oh, yeah. more more revenue and that is is. Um, yeah, I could see this being where you're at in a year from now, for example, that you've got all yeah, the totally. different clusters for testing and, I mean, and all of like, that. I've had um they have they have been like stages in building the service and basically every time something fundamentally changed, there were more or or something fundamentally broke. There were more backups, more scalability, yep. more um mitigations where if something falls down then another thing can kind of pick it up again yeah this this kind of thing um and so even now with this very stressful phase where like a significant portion of the of the of the like of the the servers didn't work properly like all the data is still there um so not only did the the file-based backup completely like pick up everything because of course uh, also the the message queue was just like oh yeah i'm just gonna store this locally and still until something something picks it up like didn't break yep. a sweat um and it would it would it would even get up like get picked up by the still working druid servers and then stored into their lukewarm storage so it was it was it was still fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> because like at, uh, we did lose data at one point um and yeah i don't want to ha- want that to happen ever again wasn't a lot of data but yeah a few people were, were very disappointed rightfully so mm-hmm. and this is all part of the process though as well you know with each successive cycle of these sort of things you you're hardening what you've got improving what you've got um and it becomes that, exactly. that better product off the other side so improving the performance too yeah. So I didn't. I didn't do anything to the user interface ex- except I did one one thing. If you use telemetry deck, um, you know that you have these charts, and then at the bottom of the chart it says like when the chart has been last updated, or if it's actually updating right now, it says waiting for data. And I've changed that because I was I was like, why does this say waiting for data? Like this is way too passive. I changed it to calculating. <laughs> right. Because that's actually what's what's happening. Like, so of, uh, I want to improve the performance, but if you're gonna stare at a spinner, like that spinner, better tell you that there is actually a piece of hardware that is hard at work, pro- like dealing with your data, and that's just like yeah. hanging around waiting. Oh, that's brilliant. Sometimes a little tweak like that is all you need to sort of really communicate the 
the thing. Um, yeah. Kind of amuses me because we are waiting for review. And if I think about this episode so far, Daniel, I think we've definitely been waiting for data. Has been the the uh, <laughs> context of the show. I've been waiting for data a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to re- just rename the podcast, oh. rename rename it all. Um, no, but I think that might end up being the show title Don't. for this one. I love the name. Yeah. Uh, how's how's your um how's GoVJ doing? Like um I see in the show notes it says something about subscription pricing and uh so tell me about yeah. that. Okay, yeah, there's, there's a bit of a story there. So um mm-hmm. as we've talked about on the show a couple of months back, I uh, I moved house and it's a pretty big move. Um and also, I've had a lot going on in the day job, as it were, so my, my main job. Um, and I've had very little time to really, you know, get into any meeting new features for GoVJ or do anything massive with it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I did decide to do, as, as all this was sort of going on in my, my life around it, um, was to change the subscription pricing. So actually change how much um a monthly sub or a annual subscription or a lifetime up um unlock um and just mess with the balance of those three things so the app has a paywall it shows you know the different choices um with the annual subscription is kind of the one it presets on and i never really sell much of the annual subscription in comparison to either monthly or lifetime one of the things I did was, like I say, just change the pricing of these things and experiment. And so I ran this as a sort of series of like, I'll change it for this week, change it for next week. Let's see where we're at. Um, if I actually have recorded what I did, which might be relevant for people <laughs> on this show. Yeah. So beforehand, I had a balance of like the monthly um subscription was two dollars ninety-nine. Annual was uh seventeen ninety-nine, so eighteen bucks, give or take. So three bucks, eighteen bucks, and then lifetime was thirty bucks. And that's where it was before. And I thought, well, okay, let's give things a test. I'm gonna bump lifetime up a bit more and make that maybe prohibitively expensive for some people, maybe drive them to other purchases. Yeah, lifetime is is hard to balance. It is. And GoVJ makes a, like pretty much half of its revenue now is is lifetime purchases every month. Um which is great, right? You know, subscriptions are not for everybody and I'm more than happy to offer that that route. It's just got to weigh against what subscription revenue brings me as well. It's got to be be balanced. Uh so I raised the roof on that. That, that that was a fifty percent increase. I, I did similar to annual. That became twenty five. Yep. Um, monthly became five bucks. Now that didn't work so well. Um, I thought I saw some improvement. Then I saw a, a bit of a. Um, it was just a bit average over the course of a week. Um, I thought, okay, maybe I've kind of broken things. Changed the price again, brought lifetime down to 40, annual back down to 20, monthly stayed at five. Um, and that seemed to really tank things. I was a bit worried I'd broken something in the mix there. Huh. Um, 
And so where have I settled now? Well, if I compare, I then did another price change a few days after that. So at this point, this is ran between the beginning of September um, and the 20th of September or so. And what I've landed on now, in comparison to what I had before, looks like this. Before, lifetime was 30 bucks. Now it's 25 So I've actually reduced that by 5 bucks. Mm-hmm. Before annual was eighteen bucks, I've brought it down to thirteen. So it sits sits more middling relative to where the top is now. But the monthly price I've increased from three bucks to five. So I left it there mm-hmm. at the at the higher price that I've been testing. What I've now seen is that split is definitely quite pronounced. People are either buying monthly or they're buying lifetime for sure. Like annual just sort of sits in the middle and it, it, not many people are interested um but what it's what it's meant is i am now selling more of my lifetimes because they're that bit cheaper and i am selling more of my monthlies at a higher price overall so the balance feels like i've kind of dialed it in um and if i look at so i use an app called rc kit revenue cat kit um to browse my revenue cap data because it's beautiful um but if i look at say this month um in fact let's look at it for the last 28 days um give it a second to pull the data what i can see there is that my revenue has increased quite a bit in the last 28 days so at the moment i'm looking at um it's clocked at just over $480 US for the app. Mm-hmm. And I think in the previous month, it was about half that. So bear in mind that now, previous month includes some of the messing around and this, that, and the other as well that I did playing with this stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So previous period was, was 249. Um, so anyway, that's what I've done. I've done a bit of tweaking of the pricing. Um, I pushed out a bug fix for GoVJ in that time as well, but things have been pretty minimal. I've just not had the time to really get into lots and lots of dev lately because of all those things. But yeah, yeah messed around. But it's a cool, it's a cool experiment. I think this is the thing, and I guess I mentioned it on this show because a lot of indies have got apps with subscriptions, um, and I think we can very easily sort of fall into the trap of okay, it's basically working, right? You know, I'm bringing in revenue. If I look at my previous period, it's, like, say, 249 250 bucks. Um, And I was reasonably happy with that overall in a sense of, like, well, you know, it's a niche app. It's selling steadily at that price. Maybe that just is the market, you know? Um, and what I've since found is, like, no, there's actually a whole load of people who were not happy with one of the options that I had before who are now happier. I think if the, the, the biggest difference here is I am selling more of these um, lifetime unlocks, which means I won't get repeat revenue from them. Um, and if I add it all up, you know, 25 bucks is basically five months worth of monthly. Uh, but I also know that people don't stick around on monthly forever either. So there's an element of like, am I really losing anybody? Um you know, what I've done is basically pull through the lifetime um, value of a monthly customer and getting it in one hit 
at the beginning with those lifetime people. So yeah, they're definitely fair. not any worse off, provided there are people who will repeatedly be interested in the products, like new customers. Um, and people are still subscribing as well. I've, I've still got a reasonable amount of um, rolling revenue for that. Nearly nearly half of my revenue is is via subscriptions. So, yeah, very long convoluted story short, but messing with the prices has yielded some benefits and um i'm definitely very happy and, with and that. how do you do that oh sorry i, I just um how do you like um, mess with the prices so is this something that you edit in revenue cats or um do you use um just the the um app store connect, app store connect. App store or do connect. you have so, a server thing somewhere or how does nah, that work no nah, just using app store connect and changing stuff manually and literally just keeping a record manually in my notes app um, of what I changed to when on what date. Um, so very, very, you know, old school, no AB testing, no, no automation or anything, literally just going, okay, let's see. I know, I know, but, um, you know, like at that point I'm like, yeah, I don't, I really have the volume coming through to necessarily do big AB testing and find a, a 1% uplift if I do it in this way and suddenly get lots of benefit like that. It's not, there's just not that volume for a yeah. app like this. Yeah. Um, I think AB testing makes sense once you have like maybe 500 to a thousand users hitting this, hitting that screen every month or so. Mm-hmm. And it seems like you're almost there, but maybe not quite. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know, actually, I, I need to, to, check the stats on that um because i do see mm. i do see quite a lot of impressions um so several um several times or thousands of impressions a month and then there's another percentage that goes on to install if i look in fact i've got the stats here in revenue in, in rc kit um so i can see for the last 28 days i've got 360 installs in that time so yeah, just under, just under where that would make sense because the installs are people who've literally downloaded and booted the app for the first time, um, and six hundred odd users. So again, that reflects what I was saying in terms of half my revenue as well as coming from people who are subscribers. Like you can sort of see, um, yeah, three hundred sixty new installs. They're not the same, but you can see relative to each other. I'm carrying a. a a subscribe base of people who are actually using the app. Um, yeah, beyond beyond new new folk, I guess is what I'm saying there. So cool. Yeah. Anyway, there's a bit of a, a dive into my data. Um, so keeping in with the the nice. for data theme of the show. Um. Yeah, but I, I think that's probably the first time I've talked about the the revenue I'm getting from from go vj on the show i don't necessarily go into the the depths of that too far uh how how do you feel about the the i mean you kind of talked about it a little bit but how do you feel about the lifetime unlock because i know that a lot of a lot of developers feel have very mixed feelings about it because yeah on the one hand you get a bunch of money up front which is cool but on the other Mm -hmm. hand um you kind of give the promise for with like that you will like update and maintain that specific app for 
indefinitely basically yeah. because regardless of how long you maintain the app like as soon as you stop it will make people angry that uh, yeah uh, so that's hard no matter what you do right i mean if you've got a subscription based app and you decide to sunset it um well if you've ever offered annual subscriptions then what you've got a year's notice to give the last lot of people who bought your app that they won't get that mm. year. Um, and I mean, they can go to Apple and get a prorated um, refund as well. I mean, we saw that with Apollo and, and what happened with Apollo and Reddit. How do, like, how do you actually um, determine the lifetime value of your customers? Is there something that RevenueCat gives you? Um, yeah. So or is it something you calculated yourself? I've been incredibly unscientific with this and you're going to cringe. Um, but periodically I look through my renewals and I look at how many renewals mm -hmm. people have had. And the general sense is that I tend to see somewhere between five and six renewals on a monthly sub. But this is really manual. This is really I go in and check, and there must be a better data way of looking at it. Um, with a few outliers every now and again, you know, I've just if I look at somebody here now, they've been subscribed for um, a year, which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, really unscientific. Um, there will be a better way of seeing it. It's probably got it in here somewhere, and I've just not discovered it um, because there's all manner of charts. Yeah, but ideally, connected. ideally, the tools should just just give this data to you. You know, yeah. Um, if I look at, um, like, I've actually thought look, the same about telemetry deck. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm Sorry. just trying to look at, at what I've, I've, I've actually been seeing. Um, and um, let's have a look. So, yeah, this is, I don't understand how to um, review this stat. I'm trying to look at realized LTV per customer. Um, let's look at per paying customer because that's actually the, the proper stat. Um. Yeah, yeah. Okay, one second. Maybe I can talk to this as I'm looking at it and seeing it. <laughs> okay, so. Mm. No, nope, I don't know how to interpret the stats. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm looking at the last ninety days, and I'm looking at where it normally sits, and. Um, this LTV per paying customer value sits at just over 12 bucks. So, yeah, maybe that's not not a uh, a bad stat to sort of think about is that relative to that 12 bucks, my lifetime is double that. So, yeah, okay, that's fair. Yeah. And, you know, with that in mind, it's a case of, well, you know, I'm making double what I might normally see from a, a monthly subscribed customer over the course of time um, for a, a lifetime unlock. That doesn't seem like a bad trade at all for me because, yeah, okay, I've lost some of my outliers who might have stayed subscribed for ages. Um, but I don't know. I guess where I want to land on this, Daniel, what I really think about this is that I feel like I have to offer it for my customer base. There's a whole load of people who, mm -hmm. um, for, for what a video mixing app does, they just want to buy the tool and they don't want the relationship. 
yep, so I bought this thing, it does this, boom, it's done. I don't have to keep worrying about paying for it. It is my uh, video mixing app that I boot on my iPad that's you know pretty much dedicated to this device in my, my setup or, or whatever. Um, and so there is that dynamic where somebody just wants to go, right, okay, how much to just have this and, and move on? Um, and I feel like if I don't offer it, um, yeah, maybe I will get more subscribers, but I think they will probably move on quite quick as well. Like they'll try it for a month, um, and then maybe find something else. So, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, um, it's a real hard one to figure though, and I've been definitely very manual with this. And um, I guess for me, it there is this balance that if I don't offer a lifetime upgrade, then I'm actually leaving money on the table, if that makes sense. Because <laughs> I think those people won't necessarily be convinced to go with a subscription as often. Yeah, and I mean, it. I get that. Also from a customer perspective, there's probably like a few types of apps where I would like accept a subscription, but not all types of apps. Yeah. Like for, I want to say... Um, my main Mastodon app, um, Ivory. I'm like, okay, I'm on. I'm, I'll be on this app every day, yep. like, for half an hour at least. So yeah, it makes sense. Okay, sure. And it's really, really nice, and it's, it fits way better with my way of how I want to use social media than other apps. So yes, mm -hmm. here, take my money. Yep. But then again, like maybe there's an app like, huh, good, 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 um, good example, Affinity Designer, for example. I use mm -hmm. that app once a month. If yep. I had to pay a monthly fee for it, regardless of what it was, it would be too much because I have a very sporadic need for that application. Yes. Um, so I would probably look for for another thing. So maybe yeah, for um, especially for if for people for people who are hobbyists or who maybe are VJs but don't use your app all the time, just like as a Mm -hmm. um, addition to their to their tool set so maybe maybe it makes sense to to be like okay I'm, they're gonna buy this once and then just enjoy the the support and the lifetime upgrades that you graciously bestow <laughs> upon them this is another side to this daniel as well as that i've got a user base that is regularly using it that i can see in terms of like how many people i've got subscribed i've got user base beyond that that i see in my stats that are the people who are lifetime unlocked um, and then there's a whole load of people who are on the free version who are just giving it a go and seeing how they get on and mm. and finding their use for it. Um, none of this situation stops me from selling them anything else, which is another option. So even being a subscription-based app, yeah, yeah. So I've got a few ideas for this, and this is the, 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 the next step, if you like. Um, oh. I could go over my master plan for GoVJ, Daniel, for, for 2024. Oh, please do. Okay. So, yeah, having a look around there, the app as it is at the moment is, um, as far as VJ software goes, is reasonably basic. It gets you started. And that has been the point of it, is it's there mm -hmm. for beginners. And what I'm going to do is the lifetime unlock, and, and the entire unlock, actually, is going to be rebranded. So at the moment, it's called uh, go vj pro so upgrade to pro um i'm going to rebrand brand this to plus and there's a, a reason 
So if you install okay. the regular app at the moment, it will be your you can um, you will be unlocked if you pay me to go VJ plus. Um, right. Now, so this is following Apple branding to some degree because what I'm doing is I'm reserving the <laughs> slot for um, a pro spinoff. So the app as it is, it's got um, two layers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Pro basically will mean that that it becomes a multi-layered uh, video v- VJ software uh, that will be orientated around the iPad and the Mac rather than the iPhone. So that will Ooh, be I like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so that will leave another slot open. That will let me create another app that has all these extra sort of features. And then um, I can sell that other app at a higher price point is sort of the, the idea there as well. So the, the regular app is the beginner's bit. There's then a pro app for all these extra mm-hmm. features. And, uh, yeah, hopefully I can then shift some more sales of, of some more productive VJ software that's even better than what I've got. It's kind of the plan. Fantastic. Yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh, and within within that master plan is also um, the potential of having a spin-off. So one of the things I want to mess with is, is generative uh, video, and that'll involve shaders and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And um, I'm thinking I'm going to actually run that as its own dedicated app as well that will be kind of linked to the VJ software. Yeah, Lego apps. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, so with the... You know, if you you there'll be this this um, shader orientated uh, video software where you can set presets, you can have it respond to the audio inputs, um, and just mess around with it on its own, and should be quite fun to use. Um, but if you also have GoVJ, they will share an app container, and you'll be able to access your presets from the VJ software as well, and then use them as inputs into anything you're mixing. Um, have you considered different name name schemes for the different GoVJ products? Like the phone version could be GoVJ. Mm-hmm. Um, the iPad version could be GoVJ Max. And then the version <laughs> that, that you run on your Apple Watch could be GoVJ Tiny. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe. Uh, uh, Apple Watch, maybe <laughs> not. Um, well, I'll never say never. There's a possibility of like a <laughs> some sort of other UI there, but I think it would be Apple Watch in combination with the v- Vision Pro providing the rest of the uh, UI or something. I don't know. Um, oh yeah, of course. I, yeah, I'm still not settled on the naming scheme, and it, it kind of um, depends on on what I come up with for this this shader app as well. They've all got to make sense as a family. Um, but that's that's kind of where my head's at is to actually group these things together and um, you know build other options for power users if you like, um, and have a couple of other options within these spin-off ideas where people who don't give a don't have any concern watching my language there, but there are plenty of people out there who want nice visual things <laughs> who don't want to become VJs. Yep, um, you know I just want to put something on on the screen and it's responding to the audio visualizer style um and i, I want to make room for that sort of customer as well because 
yeah, that's actually kind of where I'm at a lot of the time. I want something doing something fun while I've just got my music playing and I'm doing other things. Like that's that's also something I want to explore. So these yeah. are the master plans. Nice. We'll see how I go. You know, the master that, plans. A, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm certainly not kidding myself. I'll, I'll necessarily be able to just work on this software, and that's that's my only income. But like I say, I mean, the TLDR is I've messed with my pricing and I've nearly doubled my revenue in the last couple of months. So, you know, who knows? Mess with your pricing, folks. That's the message. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the main message here is is never never just see it as 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 a static thing. Keep keep checking whatever inputs and data you want to check and having a go and seeing where things things end up. I think it's certainly for a a small indie app that you're not relying on as your income. Um, I think that's a, a very reasonable approach. Yeah, totally. But also like. Uh, a lot of indie developer, <clears throat> a lot of indie developers I know, and myself included, kind of find it very hard to ask for money because we're like, ah, but what if, like, um, like what if people don't like my app that I put a lot of work and blood, sweat, and tears into and stuff like that? Yeah, but yeah, ask for money, ask for enough money so that it's worth it to continue developing the app or the project. Otherwise. Um, yeah. Otherwise, people are, are, who really love your love your app can't give you the money that you want and or need. Yeah, and I think the other thing I would say to that is like you put anything out that people are using, you will also have a support burden, as you were describing earlier on in in the show. You know, people hitting you when stuff is wrong or or um hit, hitting you up directly when when they want more features and that side of things as well. Um, and that can be really lovely. You know, it's great that people are care enough to let you know, as, as you were sort of saying at the start of the show as well. It's like, yeah, you were stressed, but it's it's a, a good thing that people care enough to reach out like that. Um, oh, yeah, totally. But it's time consuming uh, beyond the development that you've done to sort of maintain that contact with people. So there is another side of this as well, which is you're, you're not just paying me for um the product but you're also paying me for for being available when you've got something wrong or something you want to request as well uh and i wouldn't underestimate that like there's a bit of me that I, I, it's with my feedback that i get for the app sometimes it feels like feast or famine right so i've i've had mm-hmm. um i've had some kind of shitty feedback in the last month from somebody who expected the, the product grade to do um a lot more than it ever said it would do um and um you know i had to explain to that person like okay the pro upgrade does this this and this and you know if you're not happy you can always unsubscribe and da, 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 da. that was tricky um but i also had somebody who then wrote to me and said oh thank you for for including midi support um, in the app, I've been using it with all sorts of MIDI <laughs> controllers. You know, the thing I was working on earlier in the year that took me a bit to get together, this guy sort of wrote me back and was like, um, you know, I'm using it with all sorts of things. This is the controller I'm going to play with soon. Um, and he had a feature request buried in this positive feedback. That's And that's fine. That's great. Um, but it was really lovely to hear, you know. So 
I think for me, all of this stuff is linked. It's not just a case of pay me for doing the dev. It's pay me for being on call for these things, if you like, and um, and to be thinking ahead and to be adding stuff to it in the way that I'm doing. And it's not all about the money. Like clearly, I've been making this app for eight years now, um, <clears throat> making substantially mm-hmm. less than than the amount that I discussed earlier in the show. So, you know, I'm doing it anyway. Um, but when it's paying its own way for what it's doing, it's a great feeling, actually. And and like you know, I'm looking at other things and going, okay, if I main this, maintain this level of income, then I can upgrade my Mac, you know. And again, that goes back into working on the app and all of that. Um, so it's a bit circular, but it's a good feeling to be reaching a level of revenue where it's like, okay, this is now giving me other choices with what I do around this as well. Uh, you know, like again, looking at those those fancy MIDI controllers that guy was recommending, and I'm like, I could legitimately buy one of those as an expense for developing the app. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Hmm, totally. Yeah, yeah, and the and app it would is be kind of nerdy is, and cool and fun, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like I say, it's uh, it's been a couple of months of um, not doing a very very much development in the app, and coming back to it now, which is cool, um, and coming back to it with it in a much better state of financial health, just for messing around back in September. So, yeah, bit of a bit of nice. a saga, but but a lot of fun. Do you get many feature requests? Like um or is that more of a rare thing? Uh probably a good one every three or four weeks, to be honest. And they, they tend to overlap, so I've got oh, a good idea of what I want to build next. Yeah. Um yeah, people definitely want me to add a recording feature into the app so you can record as you go. Um which yeah, that'll be happening. That will definitely be happening sort of in the next few months. Uh yeah so there's that and then this generative stuff is definitely asked for but but in kind of not so many words you know people ask for things that will respond to audio rather than saying dave i want you to make shader based generators uh, <laughs> so you know that, <laughs> i mean it's all about how they ask right <laughs> yeah 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 so you, you sometimes you've got to take a step back and sort of go what are they really asking for here and and you know, the tech is just how it gets delivered and they don't care about that bit necessarily. But, yeah, that's uh, pretty cool though. I want yeah. I, I, I really hope you're making a node based UI because node based UIs are just the very best UIs. I just uh, love them so much. You have no idea. That's kind of <laughs> what I've been playing with in the last couple of weeks behind the scenes. So nice. Yeah. Um because obviously we've talked about I've 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 pulled lots of things into Swift packages around my apps to sort of make it easier to stand new things up. Um, one of the things I've been working on um, bit by bit as I've been coming out of the, the developer cocoon um, that I went into for Moving House, yeah, one of the things is that um, I've now got a stack of core image filters that I use within my apps uh, expressed in a package, and I thought, Okay, I want to make presets that are a combination of different filters together. Okay, cool. I can do that in code. Pretty easy. And 
then I thought, yeah, but editing these is actually a bit of a pain because you adjust a, a parameter um, or you wire up the parameters of the thing you're testing to some basic UI and then you noodle with it until you've reached a balance that you're happy with. So, yeah, long you story short. You shouldn't be noodling. Your UI should noodle. Exactly. So, yes, I am looking at building a node-based UI. At the moment, it's a list-based UI where I can just stack effects um, into this test app. And the way I've got it built is that I can export them as, as codable JSON and then instate any sort mm -hmm. of composite set of effects together from that. But it's going to become a node-based UI. So, yes. Fantastic. Um, whether that's just for me um, will remain to be seen. I might knock it together into a test flight and see if anybody else finds it fun. Um, but yes, I, definitely I gonna bet they would. Yeah. I mean, node-based things are cool, and I'm pretty sure that SwiftUI would be pretty good to write such a thing, if if there isn't even a package already for it. I'll have to have a bit of a look. Um, but I'm trying desperately not to give myself more work to do. So at the moment, it's a case of this This is fulfilling a job of, of me being able to build um, presets and things like that um, for my apps. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe the dev tool becomes a shippable product inside of the next year as well. Um, very, sensing, very nice. I'm sensing I've got at least one test flight user in yourself, Daniel. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the best um, VJ, but I'm just um, like every time I, I open up Blender, which ha doesn't happen too much, but uh, every time I'm just like, oh yeah, let me work with the materials and the 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 geometry nodes and everything else that is like node based because it's just so cool. I yeah. I keep trying to cram a node based UI into telemetry deck, but it like mm, mm. it's not really the, the the data that I have or the data like the the data structures that I have don't really lend themselves because they're not as free form. Like a query has very specific properties, and so it's not uh, just like you can't just have a bunch of nodes. For it. Same with filters and stuff like that. Like filters would probably be the the most realistic one, but I, I actually yeah. do have a really good filter UI now. So ah, yeah, oh, yeah. Well. And I love what you've got there. It's it's got the whole sort of funnel type thing going on as well. Um, yeah, it's all very very reusable. I'm actually in the process of wrapping all of these little elements into uh, like UI tests, which awesome. Finally, which all which already found me like four bucks. <laughs> <laughs> two of which, two of which I knew about, uh, but still, it's your, it's um, your own fault for testing, Daniel. You, you don't find the bugs if you don't test. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I, I always push those. Like I, I have lots of tests on the back end, but I always felt like, yeah, uh, like front end testing will be something that will uh, I'll do when the when things are a bit more stable and I'm like, okay, either it's getting more stable now or, or never like now is the right time yeah. to actually uh, like be a bit less move fast and break things. Yep. About uh, development. And so, yeah. Oh. So now I have, I have a few like tests for the individual UI components and it's nice. All right. Um, I have, hang on. I wrote this down. I wrote this down. I have follow up. Which we can, which I can tell you in, in three minutes. Go for it. Um, and then, yeah. So we talked about uh, an episode or two, or two ago um, about 
Vision Pro, the browser, that even if I have 3D elements in my CSS, which are clearly 3D, it won't. Um, and I wondered if it would display those in 3D in 3D space. And I checked, uh, and it will not um, in any version of the SDK that I have access to, which is a bummer. It's probably also a safety measure. Like either it's just like okay, yeah, just like Safari rendering. It's just its own. It's rendering in it inside its own buffer. That's probably the technical reason. Yes. Um, but also the even if it could do it, it probably wouldn't because I could totally put a fifty meter cube into your living room and then you wouldn't see anything except my cube and that's kind of <laughs> yeah probably not what you would want any like website to allow yep so sad but i understand well i can imagine maybe there'll be a route there i, I, st the I still opened a i still opened a feedback <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it, it feels like something we might get as an extension like some sort of, of formatting extension that the browser can offer um, in time. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah. But um, I can understand those constraints while it's sort of still in this stage. So, yeah, what you said makes sense there. You don't necessarily want um, that sort of 3D experience just being unbidden. Whatever you load suddenly pops up. Um, yeah, and outside of Apple's review as well, because they are heavily curating the Vision Pro's uh, App Store and everything else, I would imagine, as that's all coming together. Yeah. All so. right, no one at Apple told me this, what I just told you. This is just my own yep. um, interpretation of why this isn't a thing. And yeah. so, yeah. Hit me up on Mastodon if you want to know the feedback number. I'm not going like, to... Like I have, I don't have it in front of me, and I'm not going to read out like twelve, twelve digits on. Please on air. don't. If you if um, you get it in the next couple of days, send it me, and I will uh, add it to the show notes because it takes me some oh, time. Oh yeah, I'll to just get add, a, add a link now. to the show notes. Yeah, that's good. But, that's good. All right. Um, if if uh, people would want to hit you up on on social media about um, any any feedbacks that you might have posted like where would people find you this is this is me <laughs> uh, introducing the outro introducing the outro okay yeah because yes we do need to wrap and apologies if anybody has been able to hear the uh mowing that's going on outside my window here i won't know until i play back the recording of the show if it's picked it up subtly here or there um but um so i'm a little bit a bit a little bit distracted at times by this incredibly loud noise but getting to the point where can you find me online? Oh. Um, you can find me at dave at social.lightbeamapps.com on the Mastodons and Feddies. And, um, yeah, you can find my apps at lightbeamapps.com. How about yourself, Daniel? Fantastic. Um, find me at daniel at social.telemetrydeck.com. Um, also, find me at telemetrydeck.com. Um, and oh yeah if you have if you have feature requests um my favorite feature my, my least favorite feature requests are dms because i have to kind of have to copy them into a ticket then it's yep. tickets just open opening up a ticket directly on github for the telemetry deck issues uh, repository but yep. my favorite way is ticket plus hey I'm also I'm also like starting to pay for a subscription and so <laughs> these are the tickets I'm working on first <laughs> I think that's more than fair hint, enough, hint. Daniel. Given the entire conversation <laughs> you've just had with me, I understand. 
Uh, <laughs> well, she'll remember that. All right. Um, thank you. Thank you very much for uh, catching up, Daniel. It's been great to talk to you again after what feels like a little while. Um, we keep going through these, these bursts. Um, but yeah, great to catch up. Take it easy. All right. Have a great day, Dave, and see you soon. Ah, uh, we messed it Bye. up. Bye. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>